We're live. Welcome to the Anomaly Talk. And you're going to do your intro. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then boom, wow. Oh, my God. Intro ended. All right. Hey, Ali, <laughs> welcome to the show. Mina, welcome to my show. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is <laughs> stop, stop, stop. This is, this is our show. And uh, for first-time viewers, this is Mina Marcos. I am the co-host. And sitting Other beside me, we've got Lawrence Gabriel. Lawrence Gabriel. And very excited. Uh, today, we've got Ali Weinberg. Hello. Hey, Ali. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How's How everything? It's pretty it's hot good. today. It is hot. It's like 90-something degrees 94 out. 94 when I was coming here. Jeez. What? Why are you looking specific. at the temperature? Did you look at... Yeah. You yeah, because my AC's broken. So. Oh, yeah. We were, <laughs> we were talking about pre-podcast, but oh, you had to bring that up. So I guess uh, it's part it's of the there. podcast it's now. It's part of it. So, Ali, basically, uh, this podcast, we we have... We we revolve our, our guests around uh, people who we think are pretty interesting. And so we don't have a specific theme or subject. Okay. We're like, okay, I want this person, this person, this person, and we're going to talk about uh, their expertise. And you have a couple that are pretty interesting, and we're definitely going to dive into that. Okay. Sounds um, good. You made the cut of interesting oh. and, and interesting things to talk about. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> please be flattered. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to know a little bit. So I, I know you from a mutual friend. I kind of want to know uh, – Ali prior to me meeting you. So tell me a little bit about like your upbringing. Sure. So I'm 26 now. Um, I grew up in Monmouth County. And then for college, I went to University of Miami, which is where I started my whole powerlifting journey, which I'm sure we'll get into. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. I did not know that you went to the University of Miami. Yeah, so that's pre-meeting you. What yeah. are you doing here? <laughs> I know. Why are you in Jersey? I don't know. My family ditched me and went back to Florida. Wait, why, why actually did you go to the university? So you live... So I'm from Monmouth County. Okay. And then I was just like, oh, like, what's a fun school to go to? So University I was like, of Miami. University of Miami. I got yeah. a decent scholarship there. So I was like, all right, cool. Went there. But then I was like, oh, I miss the seasons. I want to come back home. In-state tuition for dental school. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, I want to go. So I went to Rutgers for dental school. And then in my last year of dental school, my family just moved to Florida. And okay, I was trying out. to convince me to come back. They're yeah. like, ah. yeah, so. Well, so is there a reason why you don't want to go back to Florida? Not that you're done Well, I already school? got into my residency here. Oh, so okay. I was so you're, like you're committed to the, for at least a the year. process here. And now, in the meantime, I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going to be You want to go to Florida? I don't know. I'm going to apply mean, They're not going to be watching this, so don't worry. No, no, I know. I c half of me does, half of me doesn't. Okay. I'm going to apply for my dental license down there and here and just see. I so don't you, know. you need a dental license for whatever state you move to? Right. Okay, cool. But, like, it's all, like, we all took the exam already. It's all, like, most states take the exam I took. So it's just, like paperwork okay it, it's like a, a, a just a, what's the word i forgot words formality yeah. no a formality there we Is go that what you're exactly to go yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you read my, my mind but um wow okay so i didn't know that so so you went to university of miami then you decided you wanted to get into dental school right, right? was it always like that was it a straight cut path like i want to pursue dentistry or was it more of a i have no idea what i'm doing but somehow you got persuaded into this path a little bit of both okay so when i was like a kid like young kid i was like oh like i love going to the dentist and <laughs> i love pulling my siblings teeth out when they're loose and my mom was always like haha you're gonna be a dentist one day and i was like oh maybe and yeah, i was like you were that one kid who liked to go to the dentist right what exactly kind of and pull teeth did you not miss this part and of pull the teeth. right <laughs> like my, my siblings would be like oh my tooth is loose i'm like let me pull it but i don't know it was kind of just like a joke but i was like oh it seems like a nice like cushy profession kind of but then i know Good like, lifestyle. yeah hopefully i'll see but um 
then growing up, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be like a physician. My dad's a physician. I was like, okay, like I like medicine, like I like science. And then I shadowed in his hospital that he works at, absolutely hated it. I was mm. like, I hate the hospital. I hate <laughs> that. I don't like this. So then I went to college being like, okay, I'm going to be pre-dental. Like, we'll see. But I also started with like an engineering major because I wanted something to have in case I didn't want to go to dental B. school. What kind of engineering? Exactly. Biomedical. Oh, that's cool. But that only lasted like a year because then I was like, all right, I really do want to go to dental school. Yeah. The more I started shadowing dentists. So I was like, I don't want to get like have a harder major. Yeah. I want to hide. It's, a, it's, a, common, so, it's yeah. a common thing that people do. Yeah. Right. Because like, what was I going to do with just like my bio degree if I didn't? So whatever. So then I went to dental school. Came back for in-state tuition at Rutgers, and like I really did like the school there and be close to home, and yeah, then my family ditched me. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, you make them seem no, like I really know. bad people. Meanwhile, they're like, "Oh, I'll pay for any flight whenever you want to visit." <laughs> they like want me there all the time. No, they're great. But so you, so obviously post grad, uh, there's a lot of considerations. You wanted to get into dental school, right? And so you're you're thinking of. M- multiple options for dental schools. Right. You ended up going to uh, Rutgers uh, Dental School mm-hmm. in Newark, New Jersey. Right. Were there other options? Why did you choose Rutgers Dental School? And I kind of want to understand, like, where are you now? Are you proud of that decision? How was sure. that experience like? So, yeah, it was. I knew I wanted to be a little bit closer to home. Like, I thought I did. I thought I wanted the seasons. I was like, Miami was great, but not to live long term. Mm. I wanted to stay on the East Coast. So basically, I applied to every dental school on the East Coast. Um, and I got like 11 or 12 interviews, and I went on all of them, which was annoying from Florida because I had to fly <laughs> to every interview like on random. No, but it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. No, I know. It was good. But um, so then ultimately, I think I got into like nine of them. I narrowed it down to UPenn, Rutgers, and Pittsburgh. Okay. And uh, I don't know. The, the price really had a big factor, but also... I've never been to other dental schools other than Rutgers, but what I've heard is that Rutgers clinical program is like really, really good. We have a lot of patients. Yeah. There's a lot of need in Newark, and I really thought that was like the most important. You know, like you going to UPenn would have sounded really cool, but I was like, I know that Rutgers has a really good clinical clinical program. Mm. So, kind which of at those. the end of the day for skill sets, like right. you want, you it's want you the need best. the reps. Like yeah. it's like yeah. So between that and then like just the in-state was pretty much my deciding factor. Seems and like close to home. Decision. I went home most weekends, so that was nice to see my family. So basically, so that's very cool because you went to University of Miami and you got into all these dental schools, so you definitely did well in college. Yeah. So how? How? Because, okay, typical college is difficult, but to go right. to a, a known party school and to maintain grades and make sure that you're, you're keeping up with everything, how did you find that balance? Was right. there a balance? Were you like that nerd that only went to school and classes and studied all the time? Or did you find balance? No, I definitely found balance. Um, I'd say my, I kind of like, I think I set myself up for success going into it. Because my freshman year, I actually retook a lot of classes that I actually had AP credit for. And was like, you no know, way. like, let me just like start with the GPA booster and while I'm trying to find a mm. balance. Like, I got a five of them AP Calc test, but I'm going to take Calc 1 again and just like, you know, yeah, like have fine. a little like buffer. Like, yeah. I didn't need to kill myself. Like, I wasn't going to try to graduate early regardless. So I was like, okay, let's just, you know, like this will be a good time where I can find a balance by easing into things a little bit. I think I took like 18 credits, but like half of them were things I felt very like confident with from high school. Mm. Um, so I feel like just giving myself the time to figure it out. Like, I had to study, but not nearly as hard as I would have if it was all brand new stuff. Um, 
And then from there, I feel like I just got into like good habits. I did, I went out every weekend in freshman year at least. Um, freshman 15 happened. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, it wasn't cute, but uh, that's okay. Well, you had um, freshman 15. I had freshman 20. <laughs> I can't. I yeah. Oh, I probably had a freshman 20. We had too. fat sandwiches at Newark. Mm. Both Larry and I went to NJIT. Oh, uh, nice. So we're both, we both, uh, yeah. I've never Newark. had a fat sandwich. You've and Rutgers is like right next to the fat. No, sandwich. but our yeah, fat no, sandwiches are not like the fat sandwiches. They're like they're Rutgers the, Brunswick is bad. the is the actual fat sandwich. Like it's like the trucks, right? Or no? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. trucks, but it's like uh, a, a concoction of just of crap. Like French basically. fries, chicken French fingers, fries, mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so. I love mozzarella sticks though. Yeah, but in collaboration with everything. With everything else, yeah. it's a little too much. Do you ever like eat it all? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I would get something called the itis. Are you familiar with the itis? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. And then I'd just be zoned out the entire That's day. The I'd skip my six to nines. I actually had the itis the other day. It's good to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got like a fat Chipotle and I was like. How does Chipotle give you the itis? Because it was like. So I, healthy. I got it's a, a lot of food. Okay, I get double meat, extra tortilla on the side. Oh. And you like have a burrito and a bowl. It's just like. And uh, I was going out that night, and I had to put on, like, a tight out. It was, it was not good. So but. transitioning from uh, college or, or undergrad to grad. So now you're in Rutgers Dental School. Right. How was that? How was adjusting to both? So you were adjusted to uh, Miami climate, right? right. And, and honestly, uh, Miami personalities. Like, right. people there are different than people here. Right. Uh, people on this coast, at least, and Larry, you probably can elaborate are very career driven like don't talk to me i'm on my way to work or i'm i'm you know i have a goal because it's cold over here there's nothing better to do than just I work right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. and so was there like a, a curve to, to uh acclimating to dental school yeah a little bit i mean like the main curve for me was just the sheer volume of classes we had to take we were in like i don't even know it ended up being like 35 40 credits like our first semester just like shit we've never like seen yeah. before like so that was really interesting and like in college i had to study but not that hard i felt like i kind of just you know got by like it was fine like i just did, like i just got it so i was like okay i study a little bit because a lot of the classes I took were, like, um, like concept-based and stuff, whereas mm. dental school is just a lot of, like, pure memorization. Like, if you don't study, you don't just, like, it's not intuitive. You don't just know it. You have to sit yeah. there. So me learning how to sit down and actually focus for that long was, like, really difficult for me. I'm and like, did you, like, have any uh, – I mean, I'm backtracking a little bit, but it, while in college, did you were like, I'm full set from dentistry from the beginning to the end. Like, there was no, like, period of time where you felt like, oh, you know, maybe I want to do something else. I had doubts, but only really when it got difficult. Like when I was like studying for my DAT, which is the dental admission exam, I was like, oh my God, do I really want to do this? Is this really worth it? But like, I knew it was pretty much what I wanted to do. It was just, I doubt it when it got hard, which I guess is kind of a normal thing to do. And do you feel, because uh, I feel this with myself sometimes, because I'm in programming and the more you put effort into it and the more like tedious it becomes and you just start to lose a love for like that sort of path that you picked out for yourself. So was the studying starting to get to you? We're like, eh, you know, this is like getting a lot, and like, yeah. you know, it's, it's getting boring in a yeah. sense. Like, I'm not really enjoying it. I mean, I felt that more. I'd say in once I actually got to dental school, which is a scary feeling. Yeah. Like once I got there, there, and yeah. then I was like, okay, well, here I am. I'm in <laughs> dental school. What like, now? yeah. But um, you know, once we started like treating patients and I started to just feel more confident with like my abilities which I'm still working on like it's yeah. still brand new to me but I'm realizing that the more confident I get and the, just the better I get it's just like 
it's a good like feedback loop and it's making me enjoy it more the better and i get the and on average you're you're technically young when you enter dentistry right because yeah. on average what it's like 28 years old that people go to dentist school i it's, i don't it, know the average i was 22 i mean i went straight from college i don't know what usually i think at that point when people go to dentist school it's like they've gone through other paths normally so they start a little later so th- someone told me that on average. Your class so, yeah you're right that's older? a good point i'd say i'd say like 60% were probably straight from college. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then 40% were like a few years out of college or just did a post back. And like a couple were like par- like older. Like, yeah, parents, like, like kids. When they yeah, were like, I need yeah, a new like career. Full yeah. families, yeah. yeah. But I'd say majority. Straight it was school. still, yeah. And so you're in dental school. Uh, first year, you're, you're getting bombarded with all of these classes. Um, was there any point that you were just so down that you doubted? Uh, the future oh yeah and (laughs) okay well so you you got through it clearly right but what was your coping mechanism to get through that having things i enjoyed outside of dental school also which (laughs) is a great segue wow (laughs) look at that look at that (laughs) and this is why we're podcasters larry we just know how to do it uh and that out was powerlifting yeah and so you actually mentioned you uh Let's give Larry a second because he decides to <laughs> pour a cup of coffee in the middle <laughs> with the loudest pour I've ever heard. I'm sorry. It's how liquid sounds. Like it, pour it. What do you want me to do? <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Uh, so powerlifting was actually pre-dental school. Yeah. When did that start? So, okay. So I why powerlifting? Like, yeah, I get like exercising. Right. Well, first off. So you want to hear that story kind of? Before, yes. before that story, what is powerlifting? Okay. So powerlifting in a competitive sense is there are competitions in powerlifting in which you squat, bench, and deadlift. Um, In each competition, you have three attempts at each lift. So you have three squat attempts, three bench attempts, and three deadlift attempts. You you basically add up the best of each. So like the best squat you're able to hit of those three attempts, the best bench, and the best deadlift, that's your total, and then that's how you're ranked. But then the catch is that like you have the three attempts, but you can't go down. So if I said I wanted to start just random numbers with 100 pounds on the bar, and then I missed it, I couldn't say, oh, I want to try 95 now. Yeah. You can only go up. Gotcha. So you kind of have to like be a little strategic there. So then with knowing that, tell me the story of how, how okay. the conception of this. Sure. So in Miami, I was at like the um, university gym just lifting to just like for aesthetics. I'm like, mm. oh, whatever. <laughs> Let's get rid of the freshman 15. <laughs> <laughs> So I got really into just weight training and even and cardio, both like sophomore year. And I was just always in the gym, like every morning, same time, like seven o'clock, whatever. And then in my junior year, I made a friend there who was also there always in seven o'clock in the morning. And most of it was just like senior citizens there at that time. So he was like one of the few people that were my age. So him and I became pretty good friends. Mm. Um, and he was a power lifter and he like kind of wanted to dabble in coaching he hasn't been a coach or anything yet, but he was kind of just like, he planted the seed in my head. Like, hey, like, I love this thing. You're pretty strong, just like naturally with how you lift. I see that you're pretty strong. Like, would you ever consider powerlifting? And at that point I was like, no, like, I don't want to be manly. Like, no, 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 Like, I just want to be feminine, like whatever. Um, but you know, we just got, we got closer and closer and he's like, come on, like, let me just like program your deadlifts. Like, you don't deadlift. Maybe that's something you could just add to your training. You don't have to go full on powerlifter, but like, if you want to learn how to deadlift, I could teach you and whatever. So it started that way. And then I just like really liked having the structure that he gave me to like 
deadlift and what I was going to do on each day. So then slowly he just like took over my entire program and it became a powerlifting program. And then he's like, okay, now if you want me to keep doing this for you, since you love it so much, you have to sign up for a meet. And I was like a competition. And I was like, okay, fine. So I signed up for my first competition in my senior year, January of my senior year. So that was 2017. And like, it was the most fun, like positive environment ever. And just like since then, I've just haven't stopped. And he's still my coach to this day. Now, did later. he tell you uh, what was the comforting thing to get you into the competitions? Did he tell you basically you're lifting at competitive levels or you had to do an additional set of training to get to that? Right. So it was more like, I guess, I guess it's more like you don't have to be competitive to go do a competition. Like, anyone could go do a competition. It's okay. kind of just, like, a fun day to, oh, like, okay, okay. showcase all you've trained for. It. There are different levels of competition. So there's, like, local meets, which is just, you know, anyone could sign up. You, have to, you, have, you don't have to have any experience. And there's, like, nationals and more meets you have to qualify for. But this was just a local meet. And he's like, come on, like, some of your friends are doing it. Because I ended up becoming friends with a lot of the powerlifters. He's like, it'll just be a fun day. Like, that was cool. And then I did really well. I think I won, like, the best female lifter there. So then, of course, when you do, like, well at something, you're like, okay, I yeah, like yeah. it. So and it was really yeah. fun, so. No, I, I didn't know that, actually, because when you talk about going to the competitions, I'm thinking, like, okay, you're, like, going against the best of the best, right? Right, but so that's a national. It just, like, just depends on the level of the competition. Okay, gotcha. But, like, powerlifting is, like, a super beginner-friendly sport also that, like, anyone can start if they want to. Why is that? Just because there's no prerequisites. You can go in and say, I can only lift the bar, and if that's what you want to do, They'll do that. And so that's Larry okay. can enter. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, as you can tell, I just work out constantly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant lifting just the bar. Uh, <laughs> but you you said something pretty interesting that caught my ear. Um, when when your your now coach uh, presented the idea back then, you were like, "No, I I want to be feminine. Yeah, oh I don't want to be manly." Yep. And so there is that thinking. Yeah. When, when I guess women are, are looking into going to the gym, lifting, uh, I guess that's why most of them tend to go towards like the cardio machines rather than lifting weights. Right. Where was the change? So where, where was the shift in mentality for you? Where now it's no longer, oh, I want to just look feminine. Now it's more like, oh, I want to dive deep into this. Right. So I guess... Okay, I guess I was somewhere in the middle to start. So I, I always was like, I just want to look feminine. But I followed a lot of, like, influencers on Instagram and, like, fit girls that I was like, oh, I like their bodies. And they were, like, my goal body. Like, I hate saying that. But, like, that's what it was. And then, you know, they would promote, like, their lifting programs that weren't powerlifting. But, so I was already doing weightlifting without the fear of becoming, like, manly. And it wasn't until the powerlifting. And then my coach was like, okay, you have to bench. And then it was like, I was like, I don't want to bench. But, um... It was more just once I realized how much I liked it. I was like, I like this enough where I don't really, like, I am I'm think I'm a feminine person, and that's all that really matters, and, like, I enjoy doing this, so. And you were succeeding like, at it. it. I mean, matter? you said one to one uh, at the end of it. It kind of gave you an adrenaline to keep going. Right. See how far you can right. really take it. Right, And I was like, okay, it's not all just about, like, looks. I, like, love this thing, so. That's and, like, I'm not going to turn into the Hulk. <laughs> like, I'm not. Like, I'm, I don't take steroids. So. <laughs> and so you love it. You you go to this meet, now you're fully committed. Yeah, pretty much. What, from then till now, what's what's been the advancement been? Oh, God, like, number objectively-wise? So, so let's like say, so then he wanted you to do benching, and you originally declined, but you right. I assume you ended up going with the benching. Right, so, right. And so 
the the level of competition did it escalate to nationals have you ever gone that far or yeah where are you now so okay so that was 2017 i had done i think two more meets after that like local meets just like for fun to get my numbers up a little bit um and then 2018 i went to nationals which was in spokane washington and at that point i was still a junior which in powerlifting is under 20 23 and under Okay. So that's a junior. So I came in first in juniors at nationals, and I think I came in seventh in the open, which is just like in my weight class. So it's weight, a weight class sport also. Oh, so it's not even uh, men or women? So or is there's it men's also weight classes up? and gotcha. women's weight classes. So in you got first place in your weight class among... For the juniors. For the juniors. Okay. Right. That's phenomenal. And then I think it was, I think it was seventh in the open for my weight class. And then, so that was fine. And then have you guys heard of the Arnold Sports Festival? I know Arnold. In Ohio. I know Arnold. Yeah. Okay, but it's, it's like basically a big fitness expo okay. in Ohio. It's like okay. a super fun weekend, like not just powerlifting. Like there's an expo, like bodybuilding shows, like powerlifting. So that's a pretty big meet that you have to like qualify for. So I did that in 2019. And I think that was my last meet pre-COVID. Uh, it might have been like my last or second last meet pre-COVID. And then I actually just did nationals in June, like this past June. And how'd it go? And came in third in the open in my weight class. So, wow. Yeah. So clear, uh, clearly there's so improvement because yeah, we went yeah. from seventh open to third. Right. Wow. Good so, for you. Because I'm not junior anymore. But yeah. No, it's a really exciting. And then basically if eventually, like if you win nationals, you get to go compete at Worlds against like a bunch of other countries and represent U.S. Yeah, that's probably really scary though, like the international competitions. Cause yeah. You're, you're dealing with people who like literally will die to For just the win sport. these competitions. Yeah, yeah, and they have nothing. Like th this is like feeding their family. Like this is bread on the table, right. like competition. Here. Right, yeah. I don't know. I haven't been there yet, but I'd like to one day. That's kind of the goal. That'd be really cool. Like, I mean, long-term, long-term goal. Why Why long-term? What What needs to be? Well, dental, is it just uh, you building up your, your strength? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And, you know, I, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm building it up, but so we're number one and number two. You know, sure. we're all going up. So what I mean, are, are there any to. stories uh, from people you met at the meet that stand out to you? Like, from... I'm, I imagine you meet such... Oh, like, yeah. Like I mean, I wouldn't say anything, like, specific, but I've made a lot of friends from okay. meets and stuff. And you say connected with all of them. Yeah. Even the girls that I just competed with at Nationals, like, the ones who placed first and second, we follow each other on Instagram, and, you know, we all, like, posted each other. Like, it was it's a really friendly environment. That's also why I like it, because the other, your competition, but it's not at all, like... Like, okay, we're competing, but then at the end... Like, one of them came up to me and goes, oh, my God, I just saw on Instagram that you graduated dental school. Congratulations. Like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Like, that's so cool. So it's really, like, a friendly environment, and I think that's why I like it because I'm, like, I'm competitive myself, but I'm not this, like, competitive person. Like, I just like to go make friends and talk so to people. So it's also the community that makes the 100%. difference. 100%. Okay. 100%. And, and so you you said this, is, this was your out in dental school. This right. is I'm stressed, I'm anxious. You go and pick things up and put them down. Yes. I pick uh, things up and put them down. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Love that courage. Um, and, and how important was that in general? I mean, it was huge, but I think another big part of it was just, like, my friends at the gym. Because the gym I train at also is a huge community thing. So powerlifting in itself was a huge stress relief, and it was great that I had this passion outside of my schooling and future career. I'm like, I think that's really important to just have, like, passions um, outside of that. But also the gym became like my second home and like my friends. And I was like, wow, I can be connected with all these people that aren't just my classmates where we just talk about dentistry all day. This is so nice to have this like second home. 
So I feel like that was also like probably half of why it was a stress relief for me. I'm trying to figure out why it was such a friendly. Uh, I mean, is that just the culture of because it, it's a unique uh, sport compared to the other sports where you're not really pitted against one another, like no one's fighting each other right. physically, right? It's like individually done, right? So there's none of this like, oh, you know, you cheated, you're such a crap player, like you just like to complain right. to the ref, like there's none of these aspects. Right, right? no, that's a good point, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, also, I guess, because not everyone you meet is in your weight class also. So mm. at the gym, I, I have like a gazillion guy friends and girlfriends in other weight classes that are just not my direct competition. So it's kind of another reason why... I guess it makes sense that we can all be so friendly. Also, yeah, I mean, women are pretty supportive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I see a new girl no, in the guys, gym. Guys I'm like, oh my god, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't support you, Mina. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys are supportive. But, but I figured women are just pretty supportive of women. They are. Yeah, girls are nice. And that's pretty cool too because y you go into the gym, and you see like usually all these these big dudes, uh, who kind of look intimidating. But you're saying that. There's friendliness on Oh, that. my God. <laughs> my gym is the best. I mean, at first I was intimidated just going to a new powerlifting gym, being like, okay, oh, so what's going to happen? Oh, so it's a dedicated powerlifting gym. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's not, but it is. And, Unofficially. Um, yeah. It's a barbell club. That's, uh, that's so it's it's powerlifting, it's Olympic weightlifting, it's just people who strength train. I don't think I would be welcomed. Uh, so the uh, <laughs> <laughs> also uh, they're motivating each other to keep going, right? Um, so you want to create an environment where you know people want to keep coming back and motivate each other to keep working out and stuff like that. So I mean, it, it, right. it makes yeah, sense. Exactly. I'm actually glad you brought that up because motivation is like a big. Uh, I mean, so you competed, and you're going through grad school. Uh, dental school which is not easy right um where'd that motivation come from so i knew that like i love powerlifting no matter what that's gonna be part of my life otherwise i'm gonna end up resenting dental school i think if i just like let go of powerlifting i'm like i'm gonna resent this because it took it away from me so i'm like okay that's off the table like i'm keeping powerlifting um i think for me a big thing was just managing my expectations going into dental school so, like, my first year of dental school, I didn't compete. I just was like, I'm going to train, and I trained, but I was like, I'm not going to do a competition. So, you know, n now I train four days a week. Going to dental school, I was like, I'm going to train three days a week and, you know, just make it so that I'm going to succeed. Like, yeah. I'm not going to get too overwhelmed and just, like, drop the ball completely. And then slowly I just eased back into it. So I'd say it was just kind of me trying to just plan. I, I don't think it was this pure, like, oh, just, like, motivation and grit. It was just kind of like, okay, how can I – set this up in a way where I really can do both and it can not be too overwhelming and I'll be okay. And, you know, slowly as I got adjusted to dental school, I was like, okay, I can just add in more powerlifting. And, you know, I love it. So it just kept, like, reinforcing that. Um, and I'd know, like, during exam season, I would never sign up for a meet. I was just kind of like, I tried to just be strategic. And I think the strategy went further than the motivation, if that makes sense. Strategy went further than motivation. Like it wasn't just it like this like motivation. That. It was yeah. like I planned it out a little. Because motivation is also temporary. Exactly. And so once you run out, you're just. Yeah. No, exactly. So I'm like, okay, what's a good like long term plan? How is this gonna work? Now, do you think? So you ha your out happened to be uh, physical activity. Right. Do you think being fit or just exercising and taking care of your health? played a major role in your success with grad school? Um, yeah, probably, honestly. Because, you know, even though I okay, even though I'm fit and I work out, don't get me wrong, I still have my periods of time where I like, oh, I really care about my diet right now and other periods where I'm like, 
let me get the itis and go dingy Chipotle and, <laughs> like, not be so It's a good itis to have. I mean, it's not McDonald's so. <laughs> or is good. But, but, yeah, when I'd be, like, a little bit more on top of my actual health rather than just lifting and, you know, just being healthy, I felt like school was easier. When I was, like, just feeling like a fat. Because you're in tip-top shape. Your, your yeah. brain's functioning. It's kind of like you're just, like, feeling like this, like, elite person on all levels. It's like, oh, like, you're fueling yourself right. Like, this feels so good. Like, I'm so healthy. Like, okay, now I have to make my mind healthy. And you kind of just get, like, high on, like, yeah. being, like, healthy and happy and successful. You, I, I love the energy that's coming out <laughs> you know of you I mean? explaining this. Because <laughs> I'm not feeling it right now. I know I'm in a little unhealthy thing. So I'm like, okay, here's the motivation to get back. Oh, what's better than uh, caramel... Uh Coffee mate, you I'm know, to in your coffee. We're not sponsored by uh, <laughs> Coffee Mate, but if Coffee Mate wants to reach out, I mean, Nestle, they want to reach out. I'm not going <laughs> to show that we've got the Walmart water instead of Nestle water, but. Um, it's good water. So that, that's actually very, very uh, interesting. And the reason why I asked that is like, would you suggest that somebody who's looking for a hobby um, would select something that's more into physical fitness rather than. Okay, playing the saxophone, playing the guitar, uh, playing chess, doing whatever. Um, do you think that they should prioritize physical fitness because that'll give them that high that you were talking about, right. where you're just you feel good and so you it, like perform well. Yeah, it bleeds into other aspects of your life. I think. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would think so. I'm also a person that has a lot of energy, so for me to sit down and you know, do the slower paced things and focus and whatever, like that takes a lot out of me. So going to like get that all out at the gym allows me to Come you know, just be like, calm. okay, yeah, like it's more centered, it like recenters me. But I like, I don't know, I think I definitely have some sort of ADD. I'm like, so I, ne I need to go <laughs> and like keep get yourself that busy. Out. Yeah, keep yeah. yourself busy. Yeah. And that's a, that's why you get it out of your energy. The, the thing about what she's doing though seems like, um, the reward of the competitions also kind of like keeps you like it, it, the saxophone, right? You play the saxophone. Are you doing it at a band? Is there a reward system of the audience cheering for you? Right. Are you just like what? What's your rewards? Because the self motivation dies off right. at a certain point, right? So no, for sure. you got to create some reward system to right. it where you can keep yourself going. Right, for sure. And even with powerlifting, like it's not just the competitions that I feel that you know, like reward from like the placing also the it's people, also just right? like the people but also just like hitting a new pr at the gym like yeah. that's huge for me i th i'd argue that i'm excited i'd more excited if i hit like a milestone number in the gym rather than win a competition like to me that's like more meaningful to me because they're two different things performing well on the platform and executing on game day and then actually just getting stronger objectively and like hitting these numbers even if it's at the gym yeah that's a good point it's like i'm at the know? best i could possibly i'm the best i am so far like from a written pr right standpoint. right yeah I love that stuff. Oh, like, yours cool. are so cool. So, are you um, with Instagram? Are you trying to build like some sort of like thing now with like uh, with like how you're doing powerlifting and then maybe soon to be dentists? Like, is there like a plan to kind of create like a platform for yourself? You know, I go back and forth with that. I do because like so recently, I became friends like closer friends with some more in Instagram like powerlifting influencer type people, and by being close friends with them, that's the Twitch thing I was talking about. I have a, yeah, so. Whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so um, by being friends with them and like just being on their social media platforms, I felt like I started to get more of a powerlifting following. So I started to post a little more powerlifting because, I mean, it's what I do like all the time. So it's what I have the most content of. I video all my lifts anyway just for my coach and stuff. So I was like, ah, I'll just kind of like 
put it out there a little yeah. bit more. Especially when I was prepping for nationals because I was like, this is like, I'm really excited about it right now because I'm preparing for it. So it's fun to post about it. Um, I don't really know what I'm trying to do with Instagram though. I kind of live. You're just putting I it out there it. to see what yeah, sticks. Yeah, I don't know. I just like meeting new people in the community that way more than anything. I'm not, I don't think I have this like big social media goal. But is, is it scary posting the journey in competitions? Because in case like it doesn't turn out your way or whatever, and you'd be like, do I post it that I didn't get no, it? That's you a know? good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely do post more like highlights than the lows. I try to like in my captions sometimes like be like transparent, but. I mean, you're, if I'm like failing sets left and right, I'm not gonna be like, "Hey guys, look at this new <laughs> thing." So, <laughs> I mean, I definitely Instagram is going. a highlight reel a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, any everyone in the community knows it's like your good days and bad days, and I'm I don't really let the potential of not performing up to what I expect like deter me from posting and stuff. But if I'm sure you get yeah, it does. I'm sure people like ask you like, "How did you get started?" and whatever. I'm sure like there's like once you post enough content, someone's right. gonna find you and be right. like, "Oh, I find your content." Find it very motivating that you're uh, what you're experiencing in powerlifting. You know what's your story, basically. Right, I, right. I'm sure I it's a lot of girls, like girls that are like wanting to get into it because yeah. I feel like I don't know powerlifting is. I mean now it's like really growing for. There's females, no shortage of guys in powerlifting. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like if a girl sees someone like me, I've actually had a lot of people either in medical school or like pharmacy school or like any like grad school has have like DM me like, hey, like how do you balance it? Like, I feel like that's kind of the niche that people reach out to me from. That makes sense. Balance what? Like the powerlifting and, and the then the school. Like, okay. are you were you able to still lift through dental school? Were you able to compete? Were you able to do this? Like, so, so because you've been through that and you have the experience, are you planning on using that into, into portraying it like into the world, like, hey, guys, this is how I was able to do it? Do you have a plan for that? I, know, I don't I have a plan for it as I of now. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea. And I'm, like, whenever anyone asks me about it, I'm, like, very happy to, like, help talk and, like, about talk it. about it. Like, I, I'm an open book. I know when we were we were setting up, you mentioned, because we were playing around with cameras and stuff, you mentioned that you had gotten a camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll forgive you because it's a Sony, but... Oh, uh, so sorry. Unless Sony wants to sponsor this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to look at that. <laughs> I have to look at yours. Um, and uh, you were talking about Twitch. Yes. And so I kind of want to know uh, why, like, what what was your plan with Twitch? What were you trying to spread a message? Because you mentioned that uh, a lot of females are starting to to DM you, hit you up because they're interested in right. this type of thing, which is really awesome because that's not the typical. I I don't want to generalize, but like. Females aren't really into that type of thing, but right. you're you're kind of breaking down this wall, which is awesome. Right? Yeah. No, it's really cool, and I'm happy that people like ask me about yeah. it because I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. I'd love for you to love it too, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And so, what was the original intention with Twitch? So, okay, so I have a friend who is a Twitch streamer, and he had a garage gym, and I ended up lifting at his garage a lot, um, and we'd stream our sessions. I mean, his stream. I would just be a guest in there sometimes, but I became like really close with the chat and stuff. Um, and I started really liking talking to them and a lot of them were like, Hey Ali, like you're an interesting person and I think you could, you know, like people would enjoy hearing what you have to say about this stuff and whatever. So I was like, Okay, like they're like, You should buy a camera and I'm like, Oh, I just kinda played around with the idea. And then I was like, All right, well a camera's good to have anyway, even just like if I want to like you're film trying on to Instagram. justify the sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, because like I don't even own a desktop, but or like <laughs> and at least like 
when I, we were streaming in his garage, we were doing lifting and then talking, like lifting and talking. I don't know if I could just sit and just talk to Twitch for that long. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was kind of going to be more of like a chatting thing. Like I like the interactive nature of Twitch where, you know, people could come in, like ask questions or like you could just, yeah, talk about the whole like message of how I did balance it or the females like getting into powerlifting, like all of that. Like I'd be open for any of that. I just, I haven't. I, I personally think that if you put a camera in front of you uh, and started a YouTube channel or something with this as your revolving subject or theme, I think it would personally blow up with your personality. Uh, you were extremely nervous coming into this podcast and, yeah, and being I shy. Know, I know. And to be honest with you, Larry, this is one of my my favorite ones so far. Yeah, for sure. You. I'm not that awkward. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, OK, cool. So you you like this interaction between you and the chat and mm -hmm. just it seems like you're a social butterfly like you yeah. just like everybody or, or enjoy speaking to as many people as you can yeah which is true you have the goal of creating a platform in the future i know you said you're not sure but you would be open to it i'd be open to it i don't have a plan i'm not fully convinced but i'm definitely open-minded to that and i think it could be fun and i think yeah, I think it would be fulfilling. You're I just kind of haven't like done it yet. You seem like you're at a point where with dentistry and you were talking about how, um, you know, Rutgers did, uh, has this other than the clinical, you said uh, there's this aspect of Rutgers where you kind of give, you said involved with the community. You, I think you mentioned it briefly. Just like a lot that like there's a lot of need like and for patients to come to our clinic. Yeah. And then um, you have the aspect of people are looking up to you with uh, women in powerlifting. So you're kind of at this like road where like what... I'm getting, uh, as I get good in both, which one do I want to kind of, in a sense of give back? Like, what's my, like, way to share with the rest of the world, right? right. Or is it a balance of the two? You were saying that people like to see how you manage both. Right. Right. And so I guess you're, cha you're juggling that. And that's why you're kind of right. still figuring out which one it is. Exactly. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like, I do think, you know, like you just said, like, people, you know, trying to, like, going into professional or graduate school being like, how do you balance it? I feel like that's in itself just, like, a niche. Um, but, yeah, I don't – that is a big thing. I'm like, okay, dentistry takes a lot of my time. Now residency is full-time. I'm like, okay, I want to, like, make sure I'm giving a lot of focus to my career and progressing there. But also – I feel like there's more leverage with powerlifting. I could talk more about powerlifting forever than I could about dentistry. So yeah, it's I don't know. I'd like to somehow integrate it if it if I do end up, you know, trying to promote some sort of social media thing and put a message out there. I don't think I struggle with being a person that doesn't want to be in one box. Like I like being a versatile person yeah. and having like I never like want to wanna box myself yeah. into anything. So I think if I did ever like become more into the whole social media thing i i still don't think i'd want to box myself just for the social media i think somehow i'd have to figure I mean, out listen you didn't it. want to dabble into powerlifting and then you dabbled yeah and then no, there you're, you right. Go. <laughs> you're right you're right you're right good it's point a similar similar conversation but <laughs> lawyered uh, <laughs> okay uh you mentioned residency mm -hmm. now correct me if i'm wrong but dentists don't need to go to residency depending on what state they live in so Jersey requires resi uh, so residency? Jersey actually doesn't require it. Okay, so yeah, so that's where th I was curious. Why? Why did you choose to go through residency? Sure. Um, so dental school, we have a lot of clinical experience, but it's still like very limited and a lot different of an environment than private practice will be. We see two to three patients a day in dental school, very slow-paced, like a lot of treatment. We just like don't end up getting done because of timing. And, you know, you graduate in two years and... You, there's just not enough time. Like our appointments aren't 
they, there's just not enough time. And then private practice, it's like fast paced. You see like 15 patients a day. There is no way I could have just transitioned from dental school to private practice and like not been like way too like overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yeah. So, you know, in residency, I see now like a full day is like seven to eight patients, which is a lot more than dental school, but still a lot less than private practice. It's a gradual so it's like increase to prepare yourself. Yeah. Well, because it's not like her transition from University of Miami to Rutgers Dental. Like you said, that was overwhelming, but it's yourself, right? right. With dental, like with actually dentistry, you're treating people, right? right. So you don't want to just like right. figure it out with like actual people, like care-wise, uh, care you want right. to get the best quality care. So exactly. Like if at Rutgers, we'd have three hours to do a prep for a crown. So if you needed a crown on your tooth, you'd have three hours to prepare the tooth for a crown. And a lot of times you still wouldn't finish and you'd bring the patient back for something that normally in the real world is like a 45 minute to an hour appointment. So like in residency, I can give myself like 90 minutes or something. So, you know, like just try to build my speed in the comfortable environment where it's not like I don't have a boss telling me you need to produce this much, like you need to be faster. It's kind of a comfortable learning environment but it still is a faster pace, so it's kind of just a smoother transition, I think. I mean, I hope. I'll see when I'm in private uh, practice. How long is that going to be? It's, uh, it's one year. Just one year. Okay, that's not that yeah. bad. Yeah, no, and it's it's paid. It's like I'm getting paid. I, and I it's really the tail end of the road, so it's like... Yeah, it's it's, a, it's good. And we have attendings to help us. We, I'm learning a lot already. Like, I've only been there a month, and it's I feel like I've learned more than dental school. I guess it's a very different residency experience in dentistry than it is compared to like med like med medical school. Like you know, you hear stories of like residents in medical school, and you know, I, it's brutal, right? So right. I guess it's a different experience right. with dental school. Right. I mean, it kind of depends what residency you're in. The one I'm in, I work eight to four thirty every day. Well, not every day, Monday through Friday, and then I'm on call every eighteenth day. Okay. So that's not bad. There are some programs that are smaller where they're on call every other week, and 18th then it that sounds like random. Because there's 18 of us. Oh. So <laughs> there's 18 <laughs> residents, uh, so it's just like we rotate. Sense, Never mind. I'm sorry I insulted the establishment. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, some programs are like there's two residents, and one always has to be on call, and their hours are longer. So it's kind of just I chose know? a program that was going to give me a decent <laughs> lifestyle, okay. and it was going to be a friendly learning environment. Makes and that's sense. what I that's good. have found with it so far. So. So I, I actually went to the Rutgers Dental School. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because a friend needed uh, oh, to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, they need a cross up. You guys need a cross up requirements. And yeah. So my sorry self went. Oh, <laughs> and, my God. Uh, and so. Like I, as a patient. Yeah, as a patient. Okay. And I noticed that uh, everything that was done basically had to get through like uh, a, a professor or yeah. a senior doctor. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, but now in residency, there's like those training wheels are removed, right? right? Are you more independent? Uh, now you're relying more on the skills that you've acquired throughout the, the last three, four years, right. four years, right? Yeah, four years, yeah. Um, were you worried? Because yeah. now, now it's like, yeah. it's all me. Yeah, no, it is. Like you're the doctor. Like you walk in and introduce yourself as Dr. Weinberg. I'm like, oh my God, this, I like mumbled it the first few <laughs> days. I'm like, I, I don't know who I think I am right now. <laughs> like I'm Dr. Weinberg, but um. Yeah, so it is a lot. It is on you, pretty much. But we do have attendings there to, like, either bail us out if we need them or go to them for advice or, you know, just, like, pick their brain of how would you approach this case. Like, that's what they're there for. They're not going to, like, take over and do it for you like sometimes they would at school. Um, you don't need to run every step by them. I see plenty of patients. I see the patient. I do what I have to do, and I send them home without the attending ever coming over and looking. But also, like, if it's something I'm unsure of or, you know, like, I'm, I have no, like, I'm not a 
I'm not a proud person, so it's not like I care. Like if I have to go ask the attending for help, Which it's going to help the patient. You get the like, answer. Right, yeah. and then I'm going to learn. The patient's going to be in better hands. So it's just, it's a collaborative thing. Um, go how, ahead, how, no, how much? How many are the cases? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen enough patients at this point. So like, uh, is there a portion of it where it just seems like uh, kind of like it's repetitive, or you've seen them before uh, easily, so you really like know what to do instantaneously? Or are they very variated? Where you're like, okay, well, this is completely different from other cases, and you know, I gotta treat this completely uniquely. Are there more of those, or is more of similar? So it's definitely both. It, there's definitely a lot of like repeat stuff that's just routine, like obvious, like the obvious thing to do is this. But like even for today, for example, I had a patient, a new patient, new exam, like had to come up with a treatment plan. It was really complex. I didn't even finish coming up with the treatment plan. I'm gonna have to. I want to actually talk to a few different attendings, get a few different opinions before I present the treatment plan to my patient because it's. Every patient is different, and while there are some that it's just like routine fillings, like whatever, yeah. there's also like really complicated things. And if you asked like two dentists how they'd approach something, you'd get like three different answers. So it's it's kind of not an exact science. And so I guess it's the fear is assuming those are routine, and then you don't take it as seriously because it was a, actually more of a complicated case than right. you initially. Felt there's a lot more just like planning and looking at the big picture in dentistry than I initially had thought. Like there's a lot of planning, especially for those big cases. Um, and learning how to treatment plan properly is like huge. That's like a skill that I, I, I'd overlooked a little bit in dental school. I'm like, all right, treatment planning. Like, all right, like obviously we're gonna do this, but no, it's huge. And it's like, it sets you up for like your patients to, you know. Yeah, for sure. For the patients, do you so. ever want to specialize or are you kind of like, you're gonna keep it as um, is? I think I want to just do general. Unless I fall in love with a, a discipline this year specifically, like so in love with it, I think I'm going to do general. So you see different disciplines through residency? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and general dentists can basically do every discipline. Um, like what they say is that if you feel you can do it up to par as the way the specialist would do it, then that's fine. You can do it. Oh, really? So, if you, so for wisdom teeth for removal, let's just use that as an example. That's like a surgery in a sense, right? Right, right. So if you've are confident in that ability to take out wisdom teeth, you could do it without technically specializing. Right, but like with IV sedation, then it gets a little, like we can't, yeah, okay. yeah, that there's like other rules kind of, but for the most part, like, yeah, I could, like general dentists can do braces, for okay. example. Yeah, you sense. don't have to go to an orthodontist. Oh, Wait, what? I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Most won't. Because Why? you know, just it's the like respect that of the specialist. Also, or? there's a lot to learn. It's okay, you have to dedicate a lot of your time to, you know, learn like, how to do ortho well gotcha and well that makes it's sense. kind of like okay if you're a general dentist that does ortho you're gonna spend all your time doing like learning ortho but then there's orthodontists so most of the patients are probably gonna go to orthodontists yeah i was about anyway. to say isn't that confusing branding like who goes have you ever been to a dentist that said hey oh yeah i can do your braces exactly yeah right and specialists can usually charge more too so like a lot of general dentists just won't do ortho for example so I, i'm glad you said that because I feel like there's this good relationship between dentistry and like business. Yeah, um, for sure. Me and my friend also in dental school walking down Hoboken the other day and literally every block there's a dental practice. Yeah. And so two part question. Do you one, do you feel like dentistry is starting to become a saturated field? And then two, um She just finished me and you're gonna tell her uh, shut <laughs> No no I, I feel like I'm, I feel, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, no, no, maybe, maybe just too in many of you go back. And no, maybe I'm, just in Jersey. Yeah, so I have a, a friend of mine who goes to Tufts okay. Dental School. Uh, I don't want to talk about how much debt he's going to be in. I think he told me yeah. like four hundred grand. Yeah, I know it's miserable. Um, told me that you can move to this state and 
dentists can make different salaries in different states. Um, I think it was like Georgia or something like that. I don't know. I, I forgot what it was. But apparently, depending on where you go, you can make way more money. Yeah. Why? Yeah, that I don't I don't have the answer to that. I'm still trying to figure out all of this. Um, I think it's a saturation thing. I do, but I really I don't know. I, I wish I could answer. Is you. that is that playing a role in in you deciding whether you're going to stay here? Um, or do you not? Because there there are the people who are completely you know focused on the money, and then people who are kind of like lifestyle. And you've said lifestyle multiple times. Yeah. So I feel like you might be more towards that lifestyle type of thing. Definitely thinking. more towards, but like what you're asking is also like something I'm thinking about. Obviously, like I, yeah, lifestyle is great, but I do also want to make money. Yeah. Um, because you spent a lot of money. Right. So it's only right. Time, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, my thing is has always just been I don't know where I want to live just for the sake of where I want to live, and that is what I'm just trying to figure out right now. And I'm trying to like research, you know, like where's it, but I'm not going to move to a state just because dentists make a lot of money there. If I was like, I loved three states, yeah, maybe the one that made the most money I'd like want to go to. But I'm not like outwardly just seeking like where can I make. That's why there's other variables and uh, it's family, friends, community, all all those things right. that you're probably considering and. If the state is even worthy of living in long yeah, term. <laughs> yeah, I know. My dad every day is like, come to Florida, come practice down here. There's all these jobs available. Like, a lot of Jersey people do go to Florida, I and I, I don't get it. But, but some of the, a lot of them come back. Really? No joke, yeah. Yeah, they do. It's just not. It, it's Well, they go and they realize, oh, it's all old people that live here, and then they come back. Basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but they have good insurance, right? Yeah, they have really good insurance. I know it's a good place for dentists to be, and there's no state income tax in Florida. That's huge. That's huge. That's I know. crazy. That's like that's, yeah. That's my dad's argument every day. <laughs> no state income tax down great, here. It's a great argument. <laughs> now that you have your salary, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I still p- pick uh, Texas over uh, Florida. I yeah. love Texas. Yeah. Um, uh. But so, uh, with, with with all that considered, um, I, I'm I'm interested in. Your input or your your feeling of where dentistry was before, and where it is now. Have you seen, like, uh, in terms of equipment? I learned a little bit of the equipment. Like, you guys have like high speeds, low speeds, <laughs> or, like air pressurized things. And w- are you, are you seeing? And, and especially now that you're in the field, is there like a, a shift in advancement in dental practice? It, it, whether it's tools, whether it's technology, whether it's strategies, whether it's uh, just Everything as a whole, are you seeing advances or is it kind of like the same dentistry that we're, you know, accustomed to? So there's definitely advances. I mean, granted, I've only thought about this for the past like four years. So I'm not I don't really know so much of like in the last four years, I haven't seen any huge changes. But even just from like thinking back to or like hearing my faculty and attendings talk about, you know, from like 10 years ago, let's say, or like 15 years ago, it's huge. I mean, part of it is like. I think you didn't, I forget what you said, but now like promoting yourself and marketing on Instagram is huge. So like there's all the Instagram dentists now, which is like a big thing. That's just from like a practice management standpoint and just getting patients. It's like crazy. If you're not on Instagram as a dentist, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know if I want to have to be on Instagram, but (laughs) that's besides the point. And then, yeah, the technology, there's like, there's CAD cam, there's scanning, there's, I know you probably don't know what all this means, but there's the same day milling where you can prepare a crown like scan it and then a machine mills the crown and then you get it that same day rather yeah. than send it so, out to a lab. So Larry, this is actually kind of crazy. And, and my friend actually brought this up. I'm an engineer. So like this is this is where I got really interested because you guys are now using 
3D CAD software. Yeah. And you put this probe into the, the patient's mouth and it scans their teeth uh, uh, shape and everything like that. Yeah. And you can create like mold. a model. It's right. crazy. Right. Yeah. No, it's a- crazy. It's awesome. That was never uh, typically it's like an, an impression. impression. Right. I mean, in my, like in my program, for example, we're still using traditional impressions. OK. But I just like what's out there. It's like there's so much that's impression out there. Impression is that clay thing? Yeah. Pretty you much. You bite on it. Oh, yeah. Like, push it down. It makes you gag sometimes. So old school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we have 3D models. Yeah. And it's just you put cool. this little, like, camera thing in your mouth, scan it. Either that scan gets sent to a lab and the lab makes a crown, or there's milling machines that just can mill a crown, like, in-house. ACNC. Like, you can Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it's really it's cool. It's like you guys are dental engineers. Yeah. And even just, like, intraoral cameras. Like, something so, like, What's small that? as that. Just, like, a camera that you can put in patients' mouth and just uh. take pictures so they can, like see what you're talking Are about. Are the x-rays still the same? Because I, I always... I think you bite those. on? Yeah, I can't stand yeah. that. Yeah. Do you gag? I always gag. I, I have know. really bad oh, gag yeah. reflex. Yeah. <laughs> My, <laughs> so that friend that I was talking about, uh, where I went to Rutgers for, uh, I actually couldn't finish. Cause <laughs> you were you're like, stop it. <laughs> it was so bad. I can't, I can't I do that. Wait, that's actually funny. I'm like so excited. I have uh, some of my friends from the gym actually are coming to be my patients. And I'm like so excited to have a friend as a patient. Because I feel like I could just be like, hey, shut up, close your mouth. Like, do it. Like, you, <laughs> you could just, like, just disrespect them. <laughs> yeah, like, because sometimes you're with a patient and you're like, oh my God, like open wide. Or like, you, can't, you have to be so nice. Yeah, So exactly. it's like a friend like, open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was the type of kid back then to get tied up. Uh, when I was getting a, a tooth removed, oh my God. I'll never forget Hide? this. Yeah, no, like right. the, like the they this, they Yes, there was yeah. this giant crayon-looking thing. Yeah, and with straps, Velcro straps, and they literally strapped me down. Come on, uh, pretty sure that's illegal now, but I don't know. I don't yeah, know. You need parent consent. Yeah, but. for sure. Well, my mom would definitely consent. <laughs> um, Tie him up. So you, and then moving on, you're there's like you're you're in this transitional phase where there's a lot of adulting going oh on. Oh my God, yeah. Because we were also talking about apartments and like living right. on your own. So right. your family moved down to Florida right? and you got your own place. Right. Um, high rent. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so like, I, I want to I understand like finances is a big portion of one, being a student, two, being right. just post-grad. Right. Uh, and your, your salary is still not what you could be making because right. you're in residency. Right. Um, that whole financial situation, like, was it a struggle figuring it out? Uh, did you have friends or resources that, that kind of helped you figure out, okay, I should be spending this much on food, this much on savings, whatever the case is, or what's your strategy with that? Right. So, okay. So basically up until this year, like my parents would help me out. So like I'd lived by myself before, like I had an apartment, but you know, like my parents were helping me out. So I didn't have to like stress about it as much because I always were like no, the safety good, yeah. net, you know? And now they've made it very clear, like, okay, like <laughs> finally, <on> like, <laughs> goodbye. Like enough is enough. Um, but because of that, like I sat down with my parents actually and you know, just like figured out like, yeah, budgeting and just like adulting and learning how to be. And it's it kind of is like weird because I feel like, oh, I'm 26, like, I should know how to do all of this. But, like, I feel like my 26 is, like, everyone else is 22 because that's when most people graduate college and get a job. Now I'm 26 graduating and getting a job. So it's kind of just, like, I mean, I get, like, embarrassed sometimes, and I'm like, oh, like, I'm 26, I'm just figuring something out. I mean, with the context, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, they've been helpful. I'm still, we're working on it. 
This is the first month of adulting, <laughs> so like, so far we're don't in come at me too hard. We'll, we'll have an update but, in a year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I've become very cheap now, but uh, you know, it's fine. That I was just, good. Yeah. Uh, so, looking forward now, what like what are you looking forward to like in the coming months? In general, like what's anything like, interesting? Yeah, what's like the what's going on yeah, with life? Yeah. So, huh. Good question. I know well, you're gonna come home and like this just is think back. Wow, he asked. They asked me like really deep questions. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm contemplating everything at this point. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know, I know. No, I'm honestly nothing specific. There's nothing like is popping into my head. I'm honestly just really excited. This has been a month of residency, and I already feel like I've gotten a lot better, a lot more confident, and I feel like you know there's a little bit of imposter syndrome at first, always with like anything new for me, at least. Um, you know, like I'm like, oh, I'm the dentist now, so I'm just like really excited to like. If I've made this much progress in a month, just to see where I'm at in like three months from now, yeah, yeah. and just like really like feel like I do, like I am a dentist, I should be there, and this is my thing, and like just gaining that confidence. I'd say that's what I'm most looking forward to right now. The same powerlifting like, mindset is like, oh, this is what I did like with this amount of time training. Now imagine what I could do like if I trained for right, multiple years. So right. it's the same idea, right? right? So it's like that same excitement of growth and whatnot. Because yeah, you're at this no, like exactly. beginning phase of like exponential, like I, I don't know. So you know, like kind of like plateaus. The new begins, and then yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Then you plateau sure. kind of a little bit. Yeah, but that's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. And then powerlifting-wise, I don't have any like meets or competitions like planned just yet. Everything's a little still weird because of COVID, so I'm not really sure. Like, like nationals this year was in June, but normally it's in October, so I don't even know when it's gonna be. Like, is it gonna be in October? Or is it gonna be in June? Like, so I'm still kind of just trying to see what like meets are coming up before I decide what I'm doing there. I guess you'll have to wait. Wait. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Ali, we really appreciate you coming out. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's actually... <laughs> Please subscribe to the Anomaly uh, Talk podcast. No, but <laughs> genuinely, thank you so much for coming. We actually had a great oh, talk. Um, it was good, yeah. yeah Ali Weinberg, you thank you guys for watching the Anomaly Talk podcast uh, with your co-hosts, Lawrence Gabriel and Mina Marcos. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.